Welcome back to another episode of Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's episode, it is finally time for us to discuss the A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Mass. I'm choosing to view this spoiler-free review episode as one long pitch episode for those of you who are still not convinced that this series is as addictive and special as we say. If you haven't listened to our review episodes yet, we always break them up into two parts. First, we give you a spoiler-free review just to tease you into why you should pick up this book. And then that episode is followed by a spoiler-filled discussion where Phoebe and I don't hold anything back. And Mm. in this case particular, we are going all in. Um, But I'm, I'm convinced... That by the end of this episode, those of you who still haven't picked up this series will give it a go. I still get so many messages every day from people asking me, do you think I'll like this book? Yeah, same. And, um, and they're always because, non-fantasy readers that are scared because they're like, well, I really don't read fantasy. And I don't yeah, know and, how many times we can we can tell you guys. You can look at my feed. It's very obvious. I never ever read a fantasy book until March of 2020 when the world changed as I knew it not just because there was a global pandemic going on but because Sarah J Mass came into my life <laughs> mass destruction yes um, <laughs> so if you don't know the A Court of Thorns and Roses is currently a completed trilogy it's a new adult fantasy series that follows a 19 year old huntress named Feyre She kills a wolf in the woods, and then a beast-like creature arrives to demand retribution for it. She's dragged to a treacherous magical land she only knows about from legends, and Farah discovers that her captor is not actually an animal, but one of the former lethal immortal fairies who once ruled their world. As she dwells on his estate, her feelings transform from icy hostility into a fiery passion that burns through every lie and warning she's been told about the beautiful, dangerous world of the Fae. But an ancient, wicked shadow over the fairy lands is growing, and Feyre must find a way to stop it or doom the fairy realm forever. Ooh, that was a good non-spoiler description. And this is obviously just a description for the first book because yeah. there are two books and a novella that follow it. And the first book is definitely one that you have to – you get a taste for the world. And it feels like I, – I remember when I was reading it and I was like, I mean, I like it. I get it. And Ashley was like, just keep reading. Just keep reading. Mm-hmm. And then once you get to the end of it, you immediately want to pick up the next one. Yeah. It's like watching the pilot episode of your favorite series after you've already fall, fallen in love with the series. It's good because it introduces you to everybody but there's so much more magic that literally that follows after that that first book that it just it pales in comparison to the whole series. Yeah. So the first book, which we'll refer to as Akatar, um, is a loose retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Sarah J. Mass uh, began this series when she was already writing her first book series, Throne of Glass, um, which is a very loose Cinderella retelling. And I think a lot of fantasy, maybe not a lot, but retellings are something that's really popular um, in, uh, especially in YA, I feel like. Yeah, I think that's so, fair. 
um, some people have gone into this book knowing that it's a loose Beauty and the Beast retelling, um, and some people uh, have no idea. Uh, so it has like a couple elements. They're like, okay, yeah, like there's a castle, there's a a man there's beast, a captor. yeah, <laughs> there's a captor. Um, there are characters who are trapped in the castle, and there's a curse. But other yeah. than that, I wouldn't like. There's no be our guest moments. <laughs> no, no, no. But there's a library. There is a library. Beautiful library. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, I like the idea of a fairy tale retelling, but I felt like this was not like, oh, now this is going to happen. Or, you know, it didn't feel, it felt fresh to me. Um, but I mm-hmm. also have very, I, Phoebe and I both have a very limited experience with fantasy, with this genre. And so don't take us as experts as fantasy readers. Take us more as experts <laughs> as people who were weary of the genre and weary of the story and fell so hard and so fast for these books and I think that that's the vast majority of our listeners are people that that are not yet convinced and so we want to tell you we hope that we can convince you and that brings me to a great point which is how I discovered the series I was actually put in a forced buddy read <laughs> by Kaylee at Literary Penguins, which is such a Kaylee move, but I am so eternally grateful for her and Annalise, Sprig and Bird Books. The two of them put me in this forced buddy read and um, they were like, you will like these books. You will read them with us in March and you will like them. And I remember going to my used bookstore and grabbing them for like what five bucks or something and being like I won't like these I'm not gonna spend a lot of money on them lo and behold I have now bought three completed series (laughs) of the book like I I gave my used book copies to Alex at commas and carbs and I bought a brand new version of all the hardcovers and then I bought the new covers and then I bought multiple collector's editions with any edition I could find with with uh, fan art in it. I mean, I am eating my words. Didn't John say, like, those don't look like books that you would normally read when you yeah, picked them up? <laughs> he went with me to the used bookstore and he saw the jacket covers and he was like, you're reading those? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I trust Kaylee. She told me I'm going to like them. And... He was like, okay, they just like don't look like books you'd read. So once again, if you are hearing those words in your head when you look at these covers, do not let the cover – do not judge a book by its cover, guys. But don't they did it. just redo the covers. They did. So, they're, so right now, like we mentioned, it, it is a completed trilogy. Um, there are three books in the Akatar universe right now, plus a novella, which is like their Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little holiday special that you get to like revisit the characters. But the new, there's a new book coming out in the same universe from a different character's point of view. Um, and the title was just announced. It's called Court of Silver Flames. Um, and Bloomsbury redid all the covers. And I think, like, talking about judging books by their covers, the original covers for Akatar feel very, I would say they feel young. Like, they mm-hmm. do look like YA, even though the books are not YA. <laughs> if you're handing them to your 13 or 14-year-old, just be aware that there are, like, explicit sex scenes, which 
nothing wrong with but if you haven't had those conversations and but the new covers i think have really elevated the story and match um I feel yeah. like the the cover now matches what's inside the book. So I'm excited for people to be able to um, maybe pick them up in a new way. If you're hesitant to pick up fantasy because it doesn't look like the n- typical book cover that you usually go for, I would not at all let that detract from the story inside the pages because I think it's a beautiful, beautiful series. Yeah, because it really, I mean, talking about what's inside the book, there are themes that I was I was not expecting at all to be encountered with. It is so much about mental health. Um, it really delves into toxic max- masculinity, grief. Um, it's a coming of age story and a story about family and sort of, um, you know, choose like you can choose your family like Mm -hmm. your family doesn't always have to be blood Um, and then sort of what happens when your blood family disappoints you like there are themes of redemption Um, it's just a really like I think we talk a lot about um, you know I think some of the criticisms I've heard of it have always come down to like the writing a lot of people are not wild about the writing and I always wonder if that is from because when Sarah J. Mass started the her, this book series. She was, I mean, she's a she's young. She's only like in her early thirties, I yeah. think. Um, so and she's wildly successful, extremely. So is that like was it from a place of inexperience, or I mean, I find the writing to be really accessible, especially as a non fantasy reader. I do too. I think, <clears throat> I think that her writing is very cinematic. I think it reads really well for people that want to see the world before you um and it's very action driven totally and but i mean there there are there's so much packed into these books i mean the second book is like 600 pages i think or and then the sec the last one the third one is 700 700. pages Mm -hmm. 699 i believe Mm -hmm. um but it contains like i think um who someone described it to you i think as like it's well it's fantasy romance like if you really love romance you'll let you'll enjoy these books even though it does contain a lot of classic fantasy elements yeah i think the way that our biggest pitch to you is uh we really are treating this as like a a pitch episode (laughs) (laughs) i was i was thinking about it i was like i feel like everyone the only people who are gonna listen to this are people who are like haven't because i think everyone who's read it is like i'm just skipping straight to the spoiler episode that's true that is true and there's there's (laughs) amanda i know amanda (laughs) natalie we're calling you all out here we know you're just not even gonna see this episode um but here's the thing i think that we have to kind of make this a pitch episode because there's so much we can't tell you plot wise. Um, yeah. And and here's here's what I've always been waiting. Every time somebody picks up these books because I read them and loved them, I have this like pit of anxiety because I know that the first book is my least favorite. And I am so scared that someone's going to pick up that first book remember how much I hyped it up be like oh this isn't that good and then toss it aside and not finish the series and I honestly feel like reading the first book and not continuing the series hurts my heart more than you never picking it up at all (laughs) because I'm just like (laughs) I'm like there's so much more 
to the yeah. story and we can't say anything. It's the only series that I've ever read where I have to be like you don't know. It needs know a disclaimer. Anything. Yeah, you you The don't... first book is almost just like a prequel in it of itself. Like I really like I mean when I was reading it, I felt like we didn't get to the action until like 200 pages in which is is normal in fantasy anyway because of world building if you haven't heard that term before the first book in a fantasy series is something that it's a really difficult task to handle because you are creating an entire new reality for your reader so and like what we mentioned last week about high fantasy and low fantasy this is an example of high fantasy which is even a harder barrier for an author um because they've got to create the entire world from scratch there's nothing from our world that comes into that and like things like that include like sometimes like a magic system there's generally a power structure and like a system of government so in this there's like in akatar there are the courts um and then there's a central conflict obviously which is typical of most books um but then the setting is extremely well developed and there's usually like other mythical creatures so in here we have the fae which are like fairies um there are wraiths and the surreal and obviously like a series of complex characters Mm -hmm. but the first book is as an entirely different vibe than the rest of the series Mm -hmm. and I think it's because it's setting up like there there is one major uh like there's a war that we're coming towards and that is the 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 number one conflict and then right. there's obviously like small conflicts and scenes that also have their own drama and lead up to that. Right. And and you see in the beginning of the series from Phoebe's non-spoiler description, Feyre is our main character who is one of my favorite protagonists of all time. I know that that's not that popular of an opinion. Um, I don't think that many people connected as much to Feyre as I did. Uh, I really connected with her. But we see her enter this world so it's almost like you as the reader are on this journey with Feyre so the Mm -hmm. first book is really her acclimating herself to this world um and then along with you yeah exactly and us doing the same so I think that you should definitely give the whole series uh, a shot um you know if you if if you're not a romance reader and you don't generally like escapism fiction then maybe this still is not the series for you. But I think for me, as somebody that has really enjoyed romance and has really enjoyed getting lost in something, like just totally being lost in something that is so different from our reality, those two things would make me pick up any to- any sort of book. Um, and then I think this is a really well done version of that type of book. I agree. It's something that, like, it gives you that you can't, like, can't put it down kind of feeling, but at the same time, you really want to savor it, especially as you get further on in the series. But I think if you like The Hunger Games, Mm -hmm. if you, because, I mean, that's another 
I mean, like dystopian, dystopian. Yeah, dystopian fiction. Um, but there is like a romance through line through the Hunger Games as well. So I really think if you like the Hunger Games, if you like the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I know, you I'm love to throw that in there. <laughs> um, I, just, I, like, I always try to think about like what, because I would never say like, I mean, I watched Game of Thrones and then I went back and read the books, but I I am a never, like, fantasy really has to convince me. I really need to, like, like, I always feel like I'm the last person in the world to tune into, like, something that's been hyped up. Like, I just started Outlander recently and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know why. I'm such a skeptic about things, but then I always love them. So I don't know why I haven't learned. And Buffy was my first, <laughs> my first, uh foray into learning that about myself so I'm like oh no like monsters sci-fi that's not for me and then there's just like the authenticity of the characters that's always what I come back to and what draws me to something and I really feel like we get wonderfully authentic and relatable characters that even though we are not fairies we are not living in a in a fantastical realm i wish we did right now (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) the second there is like prithian world like sign me up i'll go um but i still was able like i still connected to the characters and i still was invested in their lives and their relationships and um it's like i said earlier it's very digestible and i think that's you know, we talk a lot about, like, loving what you love and that it's okay to love something even if it's not highbrow literature. And I, like, the Sarah J. Mass's writing in this never bothered me. I've definitely seen it in other people's reviews. And while I think that's, like, super valid, I, I take what I'm given and – if I like if I vibe with it I vibe with it and I liked her writing I I really liked these books they came at the perfect time and I don't know (laughs) I how can we convince you (laughs) I know I I I think what I wanted to speak to is that what these books did for me from an emotional standpoint I mean the impact that they had on my mental health in March was I, I will forever be thankful for Sarah J. Mass for giving me these books because I was, I mean, I think we were all in a really difficult time in March um, with, you know, our stay-at-home order became effective then. My whole structure and system of operation was kind of just changed and I don't do well with change. And having these books to read and getting lost in helped me um, be able to handle that a little bit more. It gave me an an outlet so that then I could deal with real life a little yeah. bit more effectively. And so I, I've heard that from a lot of people that read fantasy and particularly these books that these have been a lifeline for them. So I think, you know, we're in, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. That's not changing for a while. And I would really encourage anybody that's kind of having a difficult time to look into escapism and particularly this series, um, I think there can be no harm that comes from it. Obviously, we want to, you know, we'll mention some trigger warnings just to keep in mind. But I really am very thankful that I picked up this series when I did. And books always have an emotional impact on you, and that's what that make them stand out for you. 
and for me, this was a series that really, really helped me. It may not have the same impact for you, but it really did for me. And I will never stop shouting it from the rooftops. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel the same way. It, I mean, I love, I, I have a love-hate relationship with the book hangover because mm-hmm. – you you want to connect with something so badly that when you close the book you're like you just feel so like full like you've just had like the biggest piece of chocolate cake or something and you're just content and happy like you've had a good night's rest when you finish it and that's what these books gave me I had Mm -hmm. so much fun reading them and I think that's something that we really need to remember especially as we get older reading is a hobby reading is supposed to bring you joy and that's what these books do and yeah. they're so steamy and so fun <laughs> I know keep it so I guess when we talk about steam these we're gonna we're gonna put the steam scale as a romance I mm-hmm. would give this is a five fire emoji situation five, five fire emoji definitely for the second and the third book the first book I'd say it's maybe like a three what yeah yeah there's it's a little bit if you basically if it's you a read, slow burn <laughs> it's the slowest of slow burns if you read the first book and you're like that's too steamy for me um then the rest of the series is is gonna be too much for you um but if you're if you're comfortable with that I mean first personally when we talked about our romance series we talked about this idea of like building authenticity between your characters that make those scenes really impactful I think that this gets a 10 out of 10 on that scale agreed yeah and it has fun romance tropes there's forced proximity enemies to lovers like there are lots of things that you can relate to, even if you like wim- just women's lit as well, I think. Yeah, agreed. Okay, agreed. so did we convince you? If this feels like something that you're finally going to commit to and join us over here, then make sure to come back when you're done reading so that you can listen to our spoiler-filled episode. Cannot wait to talk about it can't wait so stop by today's instagram post with your thoughts if we convinced you and always make sure to leave a review and a rating on apple podcast as it's the best way to support read it or list it thanks for listening we'll see you next time original music by jake thorne podcast produced and edited by me ashley chandler and phoebe wright you can find us on instagram at read it or list it pod All rights reserved 2020.